This is hard for me to hear. Maybe you too. This is the um, House Majority Leader, Steny Hoyer, who is, um, and I know this by people who know him directly and have directly interacted with him, an absolutely despicably slimy man. This was uh, one of the most successful Congresses in which I've served over the last four decades. Uh, and it was because of the unity of the Democratic Party, the leadership of Joe Biden, and the extraordinary leadership of Nancy Pelosi. Very, very proud of what they've done. The extraordinary unity of Joe Biden, the extraordinary leadership of Nancy Pelosi. Oh, he's right. No, no, he's right. Uh, not that they should be proud of what they've done. If they had capacity for shame any longer, they, they couldn't possibly be proud of what they have done to this country what they continue to do this republic, what they've done to children, what they've done to small businesses, what they intend to do and have done to churches, what they've done to freedom, what they've done in terms of forcibly injecting people and killing them, what they've done at uh, continuing to promote abortion at an industrial basis, in denial of God, the erasing of the existence of man and woman, the uh, continuing conning of kids into becoming angry, drug-addicted little sex bots, and by the way, racist little sex bots. They have no reason to be proud of this in any capacity except for the fact that they don't have the capacity for shame. But he's right. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. You and I have, well, Mitch McConnell. You know, we 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 can we can always count on on Mitchell McConnell to making sure the Defense Department can deal with the major threats coming from Russia and China, providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. Really? Um, do you most commonly vote Republican? Does that resonate with anything you feel? I'm torn in the Ukraine conflict. I am not torn on what I'm seeing. I am watching man worship. I am watching Democrats worship Zelensky. I am watching them reach out to grasp his robe, to touch the edge of his uh, fatigues, because, of course, he doesn't wear anything but fatigues. Because then they'll be healed. So to be blunt and to use a blunt phrase, do you ever feel like you're getting screwed by the system? Okay. Okay. What if we could screw the system back? But what if we did that in a godly way? Wouldn't that be something? Let's talk about that. And great thanks to our friends at Bulwark Capital Management, KnowYourRiskRadio.com for making that possible. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now. From the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. (laughs) 
Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. All the new people joining us because you heard me uh, guest host for Clay Travis and Buck Sexton this week. Appreciate you coming on board and have missed you since the days of the Maha. God rest Rush. And I'm not at all confused about how my name got known on a national basis. It was through that man, Rush Limbaugh, and that team. So what if we could what if we could do what would truly provide a revolution without firing a shot? What if that is possible? Um, there are people who are doing this in some pretty amazing ways every single day. And it is something that I struggle with. Because it's simple to see that all around us are the evidence of the fact that we are getting, well, screwed. I, I, look, is there a more polite word uh, to mean what we mean it to mean? We're getting drug? <laughs> having shade thrown at us? No. Well, okay, let me be precise. We're having our treasury drained. Okay, that's pretty precise. We're being stolen from financially. We're having our treasury drained uh, before our eyes. We have the party, because there's only one, on fundamental issues like this, taking $410 million away from us and giving it to Ukraine. That's the top priority. In that same spending orgy, nearly $2 trillion dollars, there's included security for the homes of republic or of, of senators, not just Republicans. And if I'm reading this correctly, it's $2.5 million per home to secure their homes. Now, why do they need that? Hey, look, I don't want I don't want another Rand Paul incident and and I don't think that the that the Paul Pelosi thing was a break in. I think it was a sex thing gone wrong. Sorry, I do. Why not release the, 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 the police cams? They're not going to. They're going to seal that. None of it makes sense. But I don't want to see that either. I don't want to see Paul Pelosi broken. I don't want their house broken into. And they're all multimillionaires. And they can all pay for home security. Like I pay for home security. Like at both houses, we have home security. Why wouldn't we? I also happen to live in a neighborhood, <laughs> if you want to call it a neighborhood, where everyone's armed and most of the people up here are retired law enforcement and, and military. So there's that. Well, and in the Southern House, you have a whole different set of people who you would have reason to not you know, trespass on their property. I'll just say it that way. So they have security for themselves. What does that indicate about how they feel about us? Uh, Well, they know. I contend that they know exactly what they're doing. I contend there's other ways in pattern recognition that we can know that. And so what if we can, is it sufficient to say pushback? No. What if we can course correct? What if we can perform a pattern interrupt? You know what? As rude as the phrase is, The one that fits is, what if we can screw the system back? And sorry, I try not to use language like that. So I'll explain what I mean. 
the um, process I'm going through of losing this unwanted fat from my body has been a pretty rewarding one. And I've done this before. You know, I've taken off 150 pounds of unwanted fat, and I've largely kept that off. And you know, I have kind of an insane goal right now. And um, to get down to 8% body fat may never happen. If it starts to affect my performance athletically, such as my performance is at my age, I'll stop. But it's what I'm doing is so very counterculture, and it's so bizarre. So because I have used uh, protocol, and, and the, the soda weight loss protocol is locked in. It is so good. And it is comes from the right place. It comes from caring for people. It comes from making sure that the fat loss stays gone. It comes from being measurable. I know how effective that is to take off unwanted fat, this approach like that. And I know soda weight loss is, well, they're doing it every single day. Hundreds of thousands of pounds of fat taken off. But it's counterculture. It really is. It is, number one, taking responsibility for our own problems. Number two, we may well have been victimized by a government that gave us that ridiculously unhealthy food pyramid. And okay, that happened and now we're taking responsibility. So we refuse to be victims. Number three, it's setting out to experience maybe some discomfort, although I didn't experience much in taking off all that fat. I really didn't. Um, In some discomfort to get to an important goal. And then it's this. After you're done losing that unwanted fat, you know what your body is going to crave? Food the way God designed it. You will be amazed when you get into the maintenance phase, which is so important. Once you've taken off that unwanted fat, you get into a maintenance phase. It locks that body weight in. So your body says, okay, this is what we're supposed to weigh. Wait until you re-experience Well, whole foods or raw foods or just a hamburger with salt and pepper. I mean, not like you don't eat that on the program, but that will be what your body craves. In other words, craving what God created. It's SotaWeightLoss.com, S-O-T-A, WeightLoss.com. And yeah, I do view it as counterculture, SotaWeightLoss.com. And of course, I'm talking about this $1.7 trillion omnibus spending orgy. And we did best of shows this week because it was doing Clayne Buck's program. So I haven't gone through some of the details on this, but you're probably aware of most of the details of this. Are you aware of the gun grabs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's gun grabs in here. Uh, There's 12 or so aspects of this that relates to going out and grabbing guns. And people who are from the separate countries of Washington State and California and Oregon, you're going to recognize some of these. The big top line is a 14.1% budget increase for um, for the BATF. Such a friendly group of people. 50% increase for the ATF's NTC budget to maintain the illegal near-billion record gun registry. Right. They're not supposed to have a gun registry. This comes from citizensfreepress.com. But here's the stuff you'll recognize if you're from the separate countries of Washington, Oregon, and California. Department of Education is going to get funding to plan to push, quote, safe storage of firearms. Whose? Well, the parents. How would they do that? They deputize your kids. 
Do mom and dad unsafely store their firearms? Tell a trusted adult. These are the same school unions that, because they're not teachers' unions, it's they're the destructive forces. The same ones that are saying, "Hey, um, it's okay to talk to your teachers about porn and masturbation and pretending you can switch genders, and it's okay to go get uh, wrong sex hormones and not tell your parents, and it's okay to uh, get uh, you know get signed up for wrong sex surgery and not tell your parents." Same organizations. So yeah, yeah, they'll talk to your parents about that. Talk to a trusted adult. And so the Department of Education wants to turn kids into little spies. Hey, my, my, dad has, my dad has guns and he doesn't store them, quote, safely. Well, and that goes into the database. Um, the VA, Veterans Affairs, directing the VA medical centers to utilize confiscation orders on vulnerable veterans. Well, how would they do that? Well, that would be with the $700 million plus dollars to bribe states to pass red flag gun confiscation laws. Incidentally, red flag laws make utterly no sense. Let me explain. Well, I mean, obviously, there's the constitutional problem. If someone is dangerous enough to waive their Second Amendment rights and their Fourth Amendment rights, they are dangerous enough to be detained. Oh, but it's a thought crime. It's something they might do. Well, if they're insane and they're exhibiting insane threats, then they can be detained. Because the fact is this, if someone is halfway smart and insane, they're going to figure out a way to kill a bunch of people if they really concentrate on it with or without firearms. Like the insane leftist who drove his car through a Christmas parade last year. He figured it out. But removing them from society while well, you figure out if they can be if, if, if they can be cured or if it requires intervention from the Lord. Well, I mean, all things require intervention from the Lord. But if, if people working you know, through the talents God gave them can help cure their minds, that's safer for society. Because a crazy person out among themselves, they're going to find a way to kill people if they're completely obsessed with it and halfway smart. But if they're locked away, that's a lot harder to do. But that's not what red flag laws are about. It's about normalizing. We don't like you. We don't. And it's going to metastasize and the Overton window will open. And now we'll be, well, we just don't like your attitude. Plus, you said some things on social media. And you know what? You are anti-government and you're anti-vaccine and you're a climate denier. And that all adds up into extremism. So now we're going to red flag you. We know where this is going. And Senator Tom Cotton's cool with this. He loves it. It's his favorite thing. How do I know? Because he voted for it. He loves all of this. All of this is acceptable to Tom Cotton. That's why he voted for it. We expect that of Mitt Romney and Mitchell McConnell. Oh, and then there's this. The the VA is also going to direct its medical centers um, to determine where our veterans keep their guns. Gun storage maps. Now, why would it be that a group of senators who have appropriated our money to pay for their own private security would also like to know where veterans who are trained to use their weapons better than probably anybody in the country, both for accuracy and, uh, and, and legitimate ability to kill people and break things in a just war sense, and in terms of safety, why would a Senate busily 
<laughs> busily building themselves their own walls to live behind. Why would they want to know where our veterans keep their firearms? It's such a mystery. If someone ever had a clue, wouldn't that be neat if there was a clue? And that's just beginning now to skim the surface of what is in this this legislation, this spending orgy. That the, And this is just a cliche that no one's read. They can't have read it. You don't read these things. I saw Tom Cotton come out and say, we have methods. You know, we don't actually have to read the bills. We have methods to, to deal with that. Yeah, you know what you have? You have staff. I know what the methods are. The methods are people. You take the portions of the bill that you deem important and you have your staff read it and then they come back and brief you. Are there any red flags for us? Well, Tom Cotton, if the thing I just talked about with guns is not a red flag, if funding border security for $410 million for the governments of countries that do not mean us well, but in fact mean us harm, if that stuff's not a reason for you not to vote for the bill, what was you going to come back and say you were briefed poorly by your staff? So what if, what if there was a way, what if there's a way to screw the system back, but in a really godly way? What if it was super hard? What if it required a lot of patience? What then? That's the hardest part for me. That is truly the part with which I struggle. The Lord Jesus, being confronted by some of the apostles about, hey, there's some demons that we can't seem to cast out, even though you have delegated to us the ability to do that. And the Lord Jesus, in, in some translations, in fact, the bulk of the translations of Matthew 17, verse 21, says that there are this kind of demon does not come out except by prayer and fasting. The kind of spirit comes out only if you use prayer and fasting. And there are variations on that phrase that the Lord Jesus spoke. What are we dealing with? I mean, we can make it anything we want to make it. We could, we could make it that we're just dealing with con artists. We could make it that we're just dealing with people who are very greedy. And we could just make it that these people, in fact, that's oh, just politicians. Well, okay, that's fine. But again, let's take an inventory. Let's take an inventory. What we're dealing with here is anti-life, it is anti-God, it is pro-debt, it is pro-enslavement, it is anti-free speech because there's nothing in this bill, and they could have jammed it into this bill because that's what you do, you jam everything into the omnibus. They could have put something in here to punish the, any of the agencies that involve themselves in censorship, they could have done that. They could have said, your budget is cut by 30% and we're not going to fund you until you come forward and state that there will never again be any effort to censor Americans on social media and that you will not work in any way with the traditional media to form stories or to cause narratives to be created. They could have done all that, but they didn't because that's not the priority because the right priority is Ukraine. So they could have done all that, but they didn't. 
It's 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 anti speech. Then it is anti God. How do we know this? Because the same group of Republicans who passed what they laughably call the Respect for Marriage Act, which is in fact the very opposite of that, is it in fact the destruction of biblical marriage. Not yet, but it's handing the keys to the IRS to do that. They're going to do that, starting with Christian churches. They're going to try to punish churches and threaten churches into, into agreeing to perform weddings that they don't want to perform because they adhere to the biblical view of that. And I get it, that's a tough subject, man. It's not like, no, I get it. That's a tough subject. My son, Bo, was a church. I just had to deal with this emotionally. With some friends whose dear, dear kids, I love their kids. One of their kids is getting married to another man. We send the card. Oh, my gosh, I wish I could. It, it, it breaks me. I love this young man. I, I, it... <laughs> If his dad had sent me a note saying, okay, how about a kidney? My son has a kidney disease. Yes. Yes, sure. Uh, get me tested. Uh, bone marrow, get me tested. And it's because I love him that I can't come out and say that sin life is going to be something I can celebrate with you. I can't any more than I can celebrate uh, adultery. But that's not the point. The point is that once again, this has been a sellout. So what if we can screw the system back? And what if there is a way to do this that is godly? And as I go through this and start to work into what I'm envisioning, I'm thinking time again, this made such an impact on me. I'm going to mention something that happened to me in Utah. And longtime listeners might say, oh, no, not this again. Yes, this again, because it made such an impact on me. And just to make it fair, then I'll also bring in um, a little bit of Tombstone, because why wouldn't I? Same thing. Right? Same thing. Uh, you talk about someone, Amy Huckleberry. That wasn't a very good one. Uh, Amy Huckleberry. It's better. Uh, Mike Lindell is sort of that way <laughs> with, with my pillow. <laughs> I wonder at which point the Lindell people are getting in touch and say, all right, can you stop comparing Mike to like film heroes and such? Maybe they will. I don't know. But the reason I say that, of course, is in the famous movie Tombstone, which has nothing to do with my pillow. I don't want to get in copyright issues or get get Mike Lindell sued or us sued. I'm using a metaphor here. I'm not saying there's any relationship. I'm not saying that Doc Holliday slept with my pillows. He might have. But that's not the relation to the movie <laughs> or any of the movies. No, it's the Mike Lindell. FBI is going to take your cell phone. I'm your Huckleberry. Okay, take me. Choose me. Pick me. What'd they get? Nothing. <laughs> I wonder if they, when they, when they hacked into his phone or maybe even gave him their, their pass, you know, the, the password. Uh, I wonder if when he got in there, looked around, they go, oh no, oh no, this guy's not stopping. <laughs> we haven't even slowed him down. You tell him I'm coming and AC double hockey sticks is coming with me, man. It's hard being an observant Christian sometimes because you can't use that phrase. Well, you're not supposed to. Now it's Tombstone again, and I'm not saying there's any relationship between Tombstone, the movie, or any of them, and and my pillow. I'm just saying characteristically, Mike Lindell is saying, "Oh, okay, you want to come for me? Okay." And here we are with now the pillow. The pillows are one thing, but now it's the towel set. It's a six piece my pillow towel set. 
And for a limited time, you can wrap yourself in the same luxury I do. They're the very best towels I've ever owned. Absorbent, lotion-y feeling. Regularly $89.98, now only $39.98 at MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use promo code Herman. And at that website, my, my, uh, MyPillow.com slash Herman, you'll find deep discounts on all MyPillow products and get your six-piece MyPillow towel set for only $39.98. Shop MyPillow.com slash Herman, promo code Herman. That's MyPillow.com slash Herman, promo code Herman. So once again, the story went like this. It went, we were in Utah and I was out on my own and he'd gone to pick something up for the fam. And it was a small town we were in. If you want to know, it was Springville, Utah. And I went to the, to the Walmart, as we call it, the China Mart. And then I went to a local place to pick up some lunch. Um, and on that way to pick up the lunch, I observed a great, big, huge lemonade stand. And it was big and old-fashioned, and they had a big sign and home-baked muffins, and they had strawberries, fresh strawberry lemonade that they'd made. They didn't have the lemons on the property, but they had the fresh strawberries, and I love to support kids. I love it when they show industry, and so I stopped in and got out my money and was standing in line. There's a pretty good line, and uh, I was probably sixth or seventh in line, and by the time I was third in line, up rolls a car. That is Department of Health. And the guy pulls up and he has even a little goofy little light on his car, like little yellow light. And he gets out of the car and he's got his, he didn't have a clipboard, but he had a writing pad. And uh, he walks up and says, uh, who's, who's running this? And the kids say, oh, well, the hi, sir. They're very polite, probably LDS kids. Hi, sir. There's a line here. I don't, I'm not here for the line, yeah, honey. I, I just need to talk to you. Is your mom or dad here? One moment, please, sir. And he says, um, the, the dad walks up and goes, hey, with the Department of Health, you can't, you can't have this. We, we can't have this behavior. And, and he says, well, look, it's just lemonade. And he goes, no, I'm sorry. It, it, we can't do this. There's, we have sanitation laws. And then grandpa gets involved. And this is how grandpa got involved. Is he standing back about 15 feet on this beautiful lawn, such a well-kept lawn. And grandpa's gray hair like me. And in fact, probably now I'm probably grandpa's age. And this is what I hear in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on now. Get out now. Get out of here. Get out of here. And the the guy with the health department looks at him and he goes, well, I'm with the health department. <laughs> come on. Oh, come on now. Come on. Get in your car. Uh, just just get out of here. Just come on. Just, just stop hassling the kids. Well, but this is a... <laughs> Oh, just off with you now. And, and then other people are starting to laugh and they're starting, they're, they're not, I don't know that they intend to mock the guy as much as they're just, they're just laughing at the moxie of the old man. And, and what's this guy to do? He stood there shamed and now the kids are, the kids are trying to be polite, but they're, they're giving into the giggling fits and, oh, look what grandpa did. And the guy left. He left. And the lesson that, that, that old, dear old gentleman showed was, you're going to give them how much power? Now, it could have gone the other way. The guy could have written a ticket. But at that point, does he even win? You don't think the customers at that point would have said, what's the fine? We'll pay the fine. 
So what's the lesson? That man gave that health inspector exactly zero importance. He granted to him exactly zero power to upset him. He granted to that man exactly zero ownership over his emotions. Uh, That is, the the, the gentleman, the the grandpa, said, I'm not going to give you a scintilla of influence or, or control over my emotions. I think it's pathetic what you're doing. I'm going to not, I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to threaten you. I'm not going to step to you. I'm just going to laugh because it's stupid. Now that doesn't get us quite where we need to go with screwing the system back. But it's a, an object lesson from Tombstone. And if you've not seen the movie, this is the Kurt Russell version and the Val Kilmer version. And I would play the clip, but then I'd get in copyright trouble because it's a podcast, not a radio show. So the scene is that um, Doc, um, pardon me, uh, Wyatt Earp has gone into a bar and he removed the troublemaker who was supposedly supposed to be helping the bar owner. And he's dealing cards, but he's also a complete jerk. And he's just swinging his weight around and threatening everybody. Uh, and he's played by... Um, Oh, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, he, um, he's a great actor. And Kurt Russell walks in, walks up, and kicks the guy out and, and you know, proves him to be not a tough man. And, and the guy says to him, oh, it's Billy Bob Thornton. Put on a lot of weight for the role. And Billy Bob Thornton says, oh, I'm real scared. And, and, and Kurt Russell has this great line as, um, as, as Wyatt Earp. He goes, I know you are. Is that a fact? Yeah, that's a fact. And eventually, you get to the scene where he threatens the guy to, you know, skin that smoke wagon and get to work, son. He's telling him, pull the gun. Pull on me. I'm not even armed. Pull on me. Try it. And that's what I thought. He takes him out by the ear and kicks him out. And then Wyatt Earp now has, has ownership and participation, equity participation in this bar. Flash forward. Find out that Doc Holliday's in town, and here's Wyatt Earp and Doc and the other Earps, and they're sitting there talking, and here comes Billy Bob Thornton with a shotgun. And he's headed up now because he's got to kill Wyatt Earp because Wyatt Earp confronted him and showed him for what he is, a coward. So he's promote, he's coming up to Wyatt Earp from behind, and Doc Holliday turns around, and he sees the guy. And he turns around, and he goes, and I can't remember the guy's name. He turns around and goes, well, Robert Riley, where are you going with that shotgun, madcap? And you see his face. He goes, Doc? Yes. I, I, I didn't know you were friends. Oh, uh, do you know Wyatt Earp? <laughs> You're Wyatt Earp? Kurt Russell nods. And now the conversation goes back to the holidays. Probably not the holiday, Doc Holiday and the Earps. And they're talking some more. And in the background, Billy Bob Thornton stands there the whole time with a shotgun. And finally, as the conversation is going on, Doc Holiday looks over kind of checks, oh, oh, why I forgot you were there. Uh, you may go. Uh, leave the shotgun. And you see the man, Billy Bob Thornton, go. Thank you. Thank you. And he sets it down because he realizes those are two of the most notorious gunfighters 
and killers in the West. There's not a person in that group that wouldn't have ended your life if you so much as lifted that shotgun even at a even to 10 degrees higher than below your knee. You would have been a dead man. I'm not suggesting guns. I'm not suggesting gunplay. Doc Holliday knew. I'm standing here amongst the greatest gunfighters of the West. I myself am probably the scariest, cold-hearted killer that's in this town or in the West. This man is not a threat. I'm going to dismiss him. I forgot you were there. What well, You may go. So what's the lesson for us? It's this. For Mitchell McConnell and Nancy Pelosi and the party, we're going to do something together, which is to put them in their right place without even touching them or notifying them. We're simply going to right-size our relationship with them on a spiritual and mental basis. And with that is going to come an enormous change for us if we get really good at it. And if we concentrate on it, if we bring God into this. There is this process that uh, the owners of Allen Soaps at allensoaps.com slash Todd went through. And it is a process of right-sizing. See, John, who is Alan's dad, uh, had been a very successful man in digital marketing and politics, and he'd been using his talents that God gave him to do those things, and there's nothing wrong with that. And then the mission changed. He has three sons. Two of them are deeply, deeply impacted health-wise. Alan, most, most profoundly by autism, and then secondarily with these very structural health challenges that lead him through all these surgeries. He right-sized. How am I using my talents? I want the talents God gave me to build a company where my son will work. He'll know the dignity of work. He'll know the dignity of contributing to a team. He will not be stored. He will not be pitied. He will work. And Alan's Soaps was born. AlanSoaps.com slash Todd. And Alan works there every single day. He invents soaps. He invents fragrances. He tests them because his skin is so ultra sensitive. If it works on Alan's skin, it's almost guaranteed to work on yours. My daughter is in her, in her teens. Uh, she cares about the way her face looks, as girls do. She's pronounced Alan Soaps from alansoaps.com slash Todd, her favorite soap for her face. That's how gentle it is. How'd it get there? By three generations of soap-making expertise from the old country who helps Allen's make these soaps. You get 10% off everything at allensoaps.com slash Todd when you use the promo code Todd. That is the soap. That's the sisal pouches. That's a beautiful soap racks. It's all of that. And there's more coming from Allen's in terms of product innovation. I can't wait to tell you about that, but right now I can't say anything. It's allensoaps.com slash Todd. allensoaps.com slash Todd. Hey, you know that... um, You know that red elephant game? Don't think about red elephants. Don't think about pink elephants. You know that game where you play slug bug and you're looking for Volkswagens and all of a sudden you find them everywhere? You know that game? I have a question for you. How much 
soul time does your concern about your country, how much soul time does it soak from you? Let me ask it this way. Uh, Well, let me provide this example. I have been for the life of me trying to wake with my first thought being of God. I have succeeded in that once. In, In two years of trying, once. I woke up and the first thought that came into my mind was, um, I will uh, I will meditate on your word daily. First thought that came into mind. I woke up from the dream state. I will meditate on your word daily. I woke up and said, yes. And then every other day, it's I wake up and I, and I, and I have this thought and that thought and I struggle and, and I try to focus it back on God. But even this morning, I mean, I had to do, you know, when, I, when I, even this morning I woke up and, and I'm distracted and I start to get on my phone and now I'm looking at news and I'm, I'm saying, oh God, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there with you. But oh, this is important. And Paul Alexander wrote a piece and oh, look here, here, uh, Alex Berenson's got a new piece and oh, and, and, and Jennifer Margulis. And, uh, and then by the next thing I know, yes, I go into the front room and I pray, but what was my first fruits? I fully believe we are to love God with our whole hearts and our whole souls. Well, what does that mean? He knows our hearts and he knows our activities. And what does it mean when we say, yes, we love you. And he can say, are you feeding my sheep? Yes, I trust you. Really? Are you showing that? Because you seem to be really, really obsessed with controlling the outcome of politics, but you're not putting me in this. What would the change be? If we put Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi where they belong, which is tools being used by evil spirits, that Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell have no legitimate power over us, but which God allows to exist. Secondly, we know where they're going unless they repent. If we were involved in constant prayer, and it doesn't need to be on our knees, that's nice, and I think the Lord appreciates that, but we can have conversations with God throughout the day, and what if we replaced in our mind space the obsession with politics with reading the Word of God and studying the Word of God about the situation that we're in so that we're literally filled with this? Because if I were to come to you right now and say, how many seats are there in Congress? You'd say 535. How many books of the Bible? I didn't know that until two years ago. What's the significance of the Lord Jesus being, uh, being born in Bethlehem? I don't know. It's a, they had a beautiful star. What's our, ne- what's our national debt? On the books or off? On the books, it's $33 trillion. Off the books, it's, uh, it's $300 trillion because of the unfunded liabilities of Social Security and Medicare. And I can roll the numbers off my head. How many seats in the, in the Senate? A hundred. Two per state. How's that managed? Through the Electoral College. What if we filled our minds with what God intends for us? For us, what if by reading the word on a daily basis with your spouse and with your kids, what if it became revealed to you what you were to do in working with God? How potent would that be? What would that do to the enemy? When all of a sudden there's all sorts of us who are signing up to work to build the kingdom, what saves the country faster? A whole lot of us being active in working to build God's kingdom on earth or spending our time reading and tweeting and communicating constantly about politics. Which one wins in the long run? Which one provides the eternal victory? 
if we would right-size these people mentally and spiritually and understand they're spiritual captives, they're in a prison cell. Every time I look at Mitch McConnell, I pray that the Lord will help me view him already in a prison cell. Fauci's already in a prison cell. He's a spiritual captive. Nancy Pelosi's in a prison cell. Tom Cotton looks like he wants to get put into spiritual prison. What if we view them that way? Does that change the importance of who they are? That's an old trick of, of you, you're scared of public speaking, so picture people in the audience naked. I have another trick. I picture, I picture everybody in there more scared than I am. And the Lord has gifted me with, I do not get afraid in public speaking. It's just a gift. It's just a random gift that God gave me. So I don't actually use that trick, but I could. What would this be? What if everybody listening to this, men, what if you quit porn? Well, wait, how does that relate to Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi? Really? If you put down your porn habits, how much closer to God are you? How less easy will it be for the the enemy to sneak in and just say, you know what? It was porn last night. I'm going to wake you up and get you good and angry with Fox News. And I'm going to help you hate Nancy Pelosi. This is a big one for me. I don't enjoy nature. I know that sounds bizarre as much as I go backpacking and and hiking. What I mean I don't enjoy nature is that I don't connect with God in it. It is a a huge deficit of mine that in nature, I do not feel the Holy Spirit. I feel him around people. I feel him when I have an opportunity to, to work with God to help others. I feel him around Christian brothers and sisters. I feel him with, with the, in the face of other Christians, but I need to get better at in God. And what if, what if, what if you just decided, I'm going to, instead of this five minutes looking at Nancy Pelosi, it's going to be five minutes looking at a tree. Lord, how did you form this? And seeking answers to this. And what if we simply decided for a moment to read old books, really old ones? There is a guy on Twitter who has a great list like this. It's in the show notes. His, uh, well, he operates on Twitter by the name Save Your Sons, at Save Your Sons, and he has a complete list of this. But what would happen? See, when when... People have to stop a habit. It has to be replaced with something. So as I'm talking, and I know, I know this embarrasses people. I know it does. I know it's an embarrassing topic, but you know, 20 years ago, when I watched the last bit of pornography I will ever watch, it had to be replaced with something. It was the gym. Well, that was part of it, and that replaced the bad eating, etc. But what if we replaced the habit of politics with the habit of prayer? And look, I'll cover it for us. I tell my wife all the time, and this this sometimes depresses my wife, I wish I never needed to speak of politics again. I wish that I never needed to open my hole and speak of politics ever again. And yet, it is the major tool that Satan is using. It is. It is the major tool. Culture and politics. That's why I care. Full stop. Wait, did you say you don't love America? Yes, I love America deeply. And I mean that if we build the kingdom first and foremost, we will save America. Unless the Lord comes back first, we will save America. What would it be like 
if instead of focusing anger and outrage when we see these people shafting us, again, rude word, apologize. If there's a better phrase, I want to know it. What would it be like if instead in our hearts was pity? Oh my gosh. Nancy Pelosi is in hell. She's condemned. She's a spiritual prisoner. Lord God, have mercy. Because there but the grace of God go I. Have mercy. Lord, if enough of us pray, will you call Nancy Pelosi to yourself? Will you change her heart given the earthly power that she has? Will you change her heart? Will you show her the evil? And yet, your will be done. If it's your will that this woman continue to be a spiritual captive, can you remove her from us? And Lord, we trust you. You tell us it's going to turn out okay for those of us who've accepted your son and follow his word and and go and make disciples and do what we can to not practice sin. We all lapse, you know that. But to not practice sin. And where we don't trust, will you help us trust? Where our faith is weak, will you strengthen it? Will you give us the ability to look at people stealing from us on this massive scale and truly know, truly know that you see too and that you're keeping an accounting that we can never keep and that you will bring them before you and you will settle accounts and you're going to have questions for us too. And those questions might relate to, how much time did you spend with me versus podcasts? How much time did you spend in my word versus social media? How much time did you spend loving your neighbor versus hating your politicians? Did you feed my sheep? Well, we are his sheep. What are you feeding yourself? Is it the food of life? Is that what you're feeding yourself? We are what we eat. We become what we consume. We can program our minds. What's programming yours? I know what has programmed mine for far too long. It's my job to speak of it, and so I will continue. And if it's not your job, how can I help you? What can this podcast do to be more helpful in making sure that you're spending more time with the Lord? Is there anything we can do more than anything else? More than anything else, I want to thank you for, again, now over a year of podcasting. Again, for, for supporting the program and our partners And I'm sincerely asking you, how can the podcast be helpful in making sure that you spend more time with the Lord? This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well. Please go be strong. Please go be kind. And please, please let us know, how can we help you spend more time with God?